0: Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for KNS 5 in San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Happy Friday. Hope you're uh, having a great end of the work week and got something to do. This weekend, if you're going out, just uh, be safe, cover up, you know, COVID is still a thing, you know what to do. What are we doing today? We're going to be having another fan episode right here on lockdown Spurs. Look, the Spurs are in full off season mode as the rest of the NBA is, uh, which means it's time to sit back, relax, and contemplate what could be next season. And one thing that is going to happen next season is the process, the process of rebuilding the process of letting these young guys run the process of maybe utilizing Austin Spurs team, a bit more next season. Are fans trusting the process now in San Antonio? We're going to be also discussing a little bit more stuff uh, exactly about, well, your favorite team, the silver and black, and particularly DeJounte Murray. Yeah, we'll, we'll dive into him in a bit. To uh, rep the entire fan base is good friend of the show, Zach Escamilla. Zach, welcome back to Locked on Spurs.
1: Jeff, thanks for having me. It's always a good time. You remember the process in Philadelphia? I do. Uh, from what I recall, it it resulted in uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, uh, two really great players. Um, we can definitely argue about the results of the process. I mean, they've been a perennial playoff team and a good mm-hmm. team. But I think uh, Philadelphia fans would probably be the first ones to tell you that they've would have hoped for a championship by now.
0: Well, Zach, I bring that up and you basically, you know, by the way, everybody, Zach knows exactly how these fan episodes go. So we're not going to rehash that with them, but you know, Zach, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the process that's going to start officially in San Antonio. And here we go, Zach. I guess the big question is, are fans trusting enough to trust the Spurs process? Now recall Zach, You still got Brian Wright. He's the new guy in there. You got a bunch of kids going out there, a sprinkle of veterans and a teenager that will likely get a lot of grooming out with the Austin Spurs, Josh Primo. You put it all together. We have the question, Zach, are Spurs fans trusting the process in San Antonio?
1: So by process, Jeff, are you referring to the Spurs at least on paper? looking like they're going to go full-on Philly and tank the way they did to get those top picks, or are you discussing a bigger picture process? I just want to ensure I'm understanding yeah, the question. sure.
0: The bigger picture process. Look, uh, Brian Wright said after the draft that they're not going to rush Primo. They're going to let him develop on his own. So that tells you they're playing the mm-hmm. long game. They're stocked up on draft picks. Again, a potential – you know some potential assets to use in a trade ahead of the season, or maybe during the season, or even the next off season. There's just so much influx right now, but it appears that the Spurs' process, Zach, is the long game.
1: Sure. Okay. No, that makes more sense. And and I got to say, uh, our uh, mutual buddy Danny Sanders had texted me last night, um, the link to the podcast, um, that he, you did with Danny. And I got to say yeah. that was uh. A really good one, and I don't want to steal too much thunder or content from that because I think Danny, as well as you, Jeff, you guys both made some great points about you know Brian Wright in the future of the Spurs. But uh, to try and put my own spin on that and answer your question, you know about fans and how they feel about this season. As always, Jeff, you know as well as I know that this fan base is always split down the middle. You're going to have your folks that are always uh pie-in-the-sky optimist, where they're going to look at this youth movement as being a positive, and it very well could end up being a positive, uh, because ultimately none of us have a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Keldon Johnson, yeah, could he step up and become, uh, you know, Charles Barkley 2.0 or Draymond Green? Sure. I mean, is it likely? Probably not, but hey, crazier things have happened. And then you're always going to have your other side of the coin, where you're going to look at this roster on paper and say, "Okay, it brought Doug McDermott. He's a shooter, forward, uh, you know, a bigger, you know, combo forward kind of kind of player. Maybe his defense isn't the greatest, but hey, we all know the Spurs needed three-point shooting last year, like O.J. needed Johnny Cochran. So <laughs> um, they brought in McDermott. They brought in uh, everyone's favorite." Bryn Forbes, (laughs) which I'm sure Spurs Twitter, since I've been gone, has been, uh, you know, having some amazing takes on Bryn Forbes. I remember him being a lightning rod back when I was on Twitter, but anywho. Still um, is, Zach, still is. The the kid can shoot, you know. Maybe his defense isn't anything to get excited about. The point is, he had a really good year in terms of shooting the the long ball. So they, they brought in some shooters. Zach Collins... Um, I know he's on he's not healthy right now, but when healthy, he is a stretch big, he can hit the three. and even the player that I'm really excited about, um, Jock uh, Landale. I keep wanting to say lawndale, but uh, <laughs> Jock Landale, uh, you know, watching clips of him on YouTube, he looks like he's gonna be a really fun player. Um, another big that can you know hit it from downtown. So clearly Brian Wright and the Spurs had a plan, we need to get some shooting. They did. They did go out and get some shooting. None of it was sexy, but it's shooting, right? So I think their hope is we can have our cake and eat it too. They think we've been grooming these young guys. We're finally going to give them the keys to the castle, keys to the uh, Ferrari, if you will, (laughs) and we're going to sprinkle in these shooters, and we're going to hope for the best. And then, you know, so you're going to have some people that are looking at that thinking this is going to be great, and then those other folks, and I'm sorry it's taking me forever to get to this point, but you're going to have those other folks look at that roster on paper and say, man, they brought a Thad Young and Aminu. Like, what is this lineup going to look like? You know, are they done making moves? Is, is Ben Simmons still in the works? You know, I've been looking up rumors on that, and we just don't know. So – I guess at this point, if we just take it at face value, three-point shooting was their Achilles heel last year, and they went out and got some guys that can shoot it from three. Whether you love those players or you hate them or you're indifferent, that's what they were known to do, and that's what the Spurs needed. So we just got to wait and see. It's still a process. You know, Brian
0: Wright, as mentioned earlier, he said they're going to take the process with Josh Primo. We know a lot of the Spurs players next season are going to see a spike in minutes. Gone is DeMar, gone is Rudy, gone is Patty. So Devin Vassell is going to see an increase. Lonnie's likely to see an increase. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe the rookie gets some burn and Pop surprises us, you know, and he plays them more in San Antonio versus Austin. My point is, is the process is now. Which means this is new territory for Spurs fans, Zach. Do they trust the long game?
1: I think you're gonna have some that do, again, not to be redundant, but I think you're gonna have some that do trust it, but you're also gonna have others that are, you know, impatient. I'll admit. I'm I kinda lean more on the impatient side myself. Um, I don't really have high expectations for this group as currently constructed, and that isn't me uh, trying to poo-poo on any of these guys because, as I've said in previous episodes, I think the guys on the team right now are all likable guys. They're easy to root for. They're fun, but ultimately, if you're not getting Ws, um, you know, folks are going to lose interest, and I'm always going to support the Spurs no matter what, but, Again, it would be nice uh, to get back into playoff contention. I mean, maybe I'm just old, Jeff, but, you know, it it was always a foregone conclusion for most of my adult life, if not all of it. Um, In my almost 34 years of existence, the Spurs have been in the playoffs, man. Mm -hmm. So it's such a, a, a fall from grace, in my opinion, that now just shooting for the playoffs is the goal when it was championship or bust. I remember in high school, I didn't talk to people for weeks when Derek Fisher hit that point four shot. Like, I was depressed. I would really let it get to me when the Spurs lost, and it was championship or bust. So it's just so wild to look at things differently now as, you know what, let's just see if these young guys are fun. Let's see if they can entertain me and get us in the playoffs. You mentioned Devin Vassell. Um, The kid definitely can play defense. Uh, He's got a three-point shot. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table. I mean, the kid has the tools.
0: It's that time of year again and all eyes are turning into football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at betonline.ag. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and get yourself a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Champs, Buccaneers, and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. For new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON.
1: Josh Primo, um, on the last fan episode, you allowed me to come on. I, I know I was probably pretty critical of him. But ultimately, you know what? Uh, the kid looks like he's got a shot. Like he's, he can shoot the three. Um, how consistent he's going to be, I don't know. But, again, it all goes back to the fact that the Spurs wanted to address some shooting. So it kind of makes sense with Primo, even though was he my favorite pick? No. But if the kid can shoot the deep ball, and he can shoot it with consistency. Um, I think we'll, we'll we'll take it. And and then heck, um, Trey Jones had a great summer league. He looked really solid. You got to think, is he going to be? And and I don't want to say this uh, to disrespect Patty Mills, but is he going to be the next Patty type of uh, energy guy off the bench? Is is that going to be him? I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, it definitely seems like there's a vacancy there. So I don't know, Jeff, I I just think ultimately with this process, we're going to have fans that are probably in wait and see some fans that are just writing this season off already. And then others that are saying, you know what, we are going to shock the world.
0: I I look at this Spurs process. And first of all, as I said earlier, you know, it it is new territory for most Spurs fans. You know, I'm old (laughs) enough, you know, to remember the last rebuild they did. And Part of it, Zach, was tanking for Duncan. I'm mm-hmm. hoping the Spurs do the same thing again, but um, other people do, uh, vehemently disagree with me about tanking. My point is, though, is this process is going to be a while. You know, you know they're they're not even at playoff team, let alone perennial playoff team, let alone a team you can pencil in for a deep playoff push. It's going to take time. How much? Do you think Spurs fans' patience will wear thin this season, the next season? Is it still playoffs now, or are Spurs fans fans saying, you know what, if you don't make the playoffs, that's fine. No biggie. We get it.
1: I I think you're going to have a lot of fans that are saying, you know what, as long as these young guns get plenty of run, and we get to learn more about who they truly are as players, and if they – you know, have any trade value to go out and get um, better assets. I just think it's really going to depend. I mean, I guess the real answer to that, Jeff, we're not going to know the answer until the end of the season and where the Spurs fall in that in this upcoming draft. I mean, as you know, this upcoming draft has a lot of talent. Um, I think the two top names are – uh, Paolo Banchero, is that his name? I apologize mm-hmm. if I'm getting it wrong. And then Chet Holmgren. Um, some people are saying these guys could be like Kevin Durant level type of franchise players. And I'm not a, I'm not a scout. I'm not an expert on those cats. But if all the professionals are saying that they're going to be, you know, the next big thing, uh, it would be nice to have an opportunity to draft someone like that, you know, that's going to be a a franchise-level talent, a game-changer, and who knows? Maybe the Spurs are like, you know what, we're going to ride with these young guns, and if we shock the world, make the playoffs, we know we hit, you've got a great foundation. And like Danny Sanders said on our uh, your, your last pod with Danny, he said, you may have that disgruntled superstar that says, you know what, I want out of this situation, and I really like what they're doing there in San Antonio with that young group. So you just never know what's going to happen, but I think it's a win win both ways. Because if one, this team shocks the world, makes the playoffs, we've got a great foundation to work with. B, they fail miserably, get a top 10 draft pick, get a game changer, and hopefully not draft somebody with a second round grade. Um, I I think this rebuild or this process could be expedited if they play their cards right. Now what's not going to work is if they get the play-in game again and miss it because then you're just stuck in mediocrity. So for me, it's you either make the playoffs and compete in round one, not the play-in. I'm talking get a legitimate playoff seed, um, you know, show you got a good foundation, or it's you just really suck while developing your youth and seeing if you can get somebody better. I I think really those are the two win-win scenarios, but anything outside of sucking hard and tanking to get a top pick and or just proving you've got a great foundation, I just don't really see middle ground, Jeff. I don't.
0: Part of a rebuild slash process is utilizing tools. whether that be shuffling lineups, whether that be seeing some of these young guys get more minutes, or maybe demoting them so they can learn a lesson. But in San Antonio, one tool they use a lot is the Austin Spurs, the G League team. Look, we know Primo likely is going to be there. We know Camp is going to be out there. Heck, even Jock might might be out there. But do you think Spurs fans are going to be okay seeing a Primo, a Camp, maybe a Landale? be stuck in Austin while they develop, because that is part of the Spurs process, whether it be in this rebuild or in seasons past, uh, Zach.
1: And that's a great question, but I think a lot of that is going to have to depend on what their record looks like. If the Spurs have a losing record, you know, right out the gate. And based on that schedule, and I think even Danny said it on the last pod you guys had, um, you know it 's looking like a one in five one and six two and seven sort of start and um if you're if you're starting off you know on the wrong foot off the gates and putting yourself in a hole in the competitive western conference what's the point of sending these young guns to Austin when they could be learning on the job i mean listen i've never been a fan of the Austin route. I've always been a person, whether whatever your career is, whether you are working at Whataburger, flipping burgers, whether you're in the NBA, just any job you ever have, in my opinion, you're not going to get great until you are just thrown into the fire. That's just my personal mentality on things and my mindset, excuse me. So with that being said, um, if the team is starting to really suck, let these guys play against Real NBA talent, and I'm not trying to um, poo-poo on gentlemen that are playing in the in the G League. But Jeff, I, I, didn't you text me a couple of days ago an article about that you did about uh, there's Austin Spurs tryouts? I mean, listen, I know yep. Jonathan Simmons made his way that that route, but um, I mean, come on, man, if it, it, random people off the street can play in that league what does that really say about the talent? And again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm just trying to be a realist here. You know, would you rather have these young guys compete against dudes that will probably never make it in the NBA or play against guys that are proving themselves to be some of the best players in the world and, and just get a better idea of of who they are, you know, what they're made of, you know, or do they have the right mental capacity? Do they, Um, can they compete against superior talent? You know, it's one of those things to where, um, you know, you go stick me on a basketball court with, you know, a bunch of elementary school kids, I'd probably look like Wilt Chamberlain against them. And that's not saying I'm a great basketball player. That's just saying, look at who I'm going against. So the point I'm trying to make is I want to see these guys play against NBA talent, especially if the Spurs stumble out the gate, and are struggling all season. Because if part of the process is to see what you have right now, let's not see it in Austin. Let's see it in San Antonio. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing
0: number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to keep up with all the parts you need. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save up to 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts From a chain store or car dealership, save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every single customer. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Lockdown in there, how did you hear about us, a box of the note that we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Built Bar. Celebrate their freedom of choice by going to Bilt.com. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, strawberry, orange, the list goes on and on. Don't know what your favorite flavor is? They got the mix box. You get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. And only 45 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. Get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That is pretty cool. Go to built.com, get 15% off your order. That's 15% off at built.com. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, maybe there might be some exceptions for a teenager, you know, Josh Primo, if they split his time in San Antonio and Austin, like right down the middle, you know, his rookie season, I'm okay with that. I, I see no, nothing wrong with him, but a Landale who's played professionally overseas with the, with Australia played in the Olympics, uh, you know, a Wieskamp who at least on paper can knock down three point shots, you know, could could provide a, a hand with the, with the, with the varsity team in San Antonio. I think there's there's room to wiggle this year because what do they got to lose? They got everything to gain, and and that's how I look at this upcoming season. And as far as this process, look if you want to have one night a lineup of Lucas Omelnic and Jakaperto playing together, and it works, great. If it doesn't, okay, fine. You're not expected to win the title at all. Um, yeah, do you when when do you think patience will dry uh, dry up with Spurs fans? Maybe not this upcoming season. Will it be next season? Will it be this uh, this new off season after this upcoming season when they're once again, have a lot of money and chase some free agents? Uh, you know, when do you think Spurs fans are going to want to start seeing dividends?
1: I, I think so. If there's not significant progress at the start of next season, I'm talking the 2022 to 2023 season. I'm right. talking about after next off season, after a, hopefully a successful draft, I think after next season, if there's not positive traction, that's when a lot of fans are really going to start saying, what the heck? Because as you already mentioned, Jeff, they're going to have a lot of money again next year. And I know the free agency class may not be looking like anything sexy on paper right now, but um, they're going to have flexibility uh, for trades and such. So if no real positive moves are made next offseason and they go back in with a mediocre roster on paper um, you're gonna have fans just questioning what are we doing here and, and then you're gonna have the you know the Las Vegas section saying well this is all signs lead to Vegas or Austin you know so it, it's I, I really think as long as there's some some type of movement, next offseason, to give us some legitimate optimism, will be okay. Um, excuse, and I'm saying fans in general, not the team. So I think if, if next, this time next year, the status quo is going to get really ugly.
0: Mm-hmm. I look at this Spurs team and I'm saying, hey, every team goes through this. Whether you're in the NBA, NFL, MLB, you have to go through your rebuild. This is it for San Antonio. Personally, I think it should have started when Kawhi left. I think that's when it should have started. You know, you lose him, Absolutely. you know. You know, th- I think that's when you 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 pull the plug. My I, I look at this this process, we see fans, you know, we see them, you know, they're they're you know, show me what you have now, don't let me wait, kind of mentality. But I look I look at the process in San Antonio and how much of it comes down to Popovich. If he's still around, let's just just say he you know, he doesn't make any type of announcement between now and then you know that he's done. How much is it going to be on him to maybe let the uh let the chains go uh let the leash go let let give these kids a million miles to just do what they can do
1: well, that's great that's a great question to pose you know with what pop is going to allow versus what he's not going to allow and you know again, looking at this roster right now. It's got a lot of young guns, but and you see those, you know, the Thad Youngs, the Eric Aminus, the Doug McDermott, the Bryn Fords. And, you know, there's part of me that almost wonders, what what if Pop just pulled the fast one on all of us? And he goes out with the starting lineup with Thad Young and Aminu and Bryn Fords and McDermott. You know, he's thinking, nope, I'm still going to start my vet. Screw you guys. I don't care what you think, team shut in, whatever. I'm still going with my vets that I have. I mean, listen, do I think he's going to do that? No, but it's pop. So you never know. So it it is going to be interesting to see how much he truly relies on all of the young guys as a whole with how much minutes that they receive, and, you know, see if he can resist the temptation of of playing a Thad Young uh, more minutes over uh, Lucas Simonich or, playing a minu more minutes over, you know, Lonnie Walker or, you know, Camp or someone like that. So it, it's just going to be very interesting to see what kind of formula of a lineup that Pop comes out with this season. Because, again, if no moves are made, Jeff, I'm even scratching my head looking at this roster trying to determine who's going to have what role. Because it, mm-hmm. it just, it, it's so wonky right now.
0: Part of this process is DeJounte Murray. Uh, he is now officially the longest tenured Spur. It's crazy to think about that, but yeah, he, he is. That's how much this team is in a rebuild. That's how much younger this Spurs team got over the offseason. It's DeJounte Murray. He will likely be seen as, for lack of a better word or term, the man. He has the experience. He has a seniority in San Antonio. He plays a critical position the point guard spot, and he openly says that he wants to be the leader for this team It started last season. But despite the fact that he was dropping triple-doubles, saw us increase in minutes in, in production last season, there's still a segment of Spurs fans that are sour on him. Let's talk about him now uh, to go ahead and start wrapping up this episode here. Why are Spurs fans, at least some, not all, but some, are very vocal and don't do not believe in
1: him? I think he is such a polarizing player because you have some fans that, you know, they really love that he has been vocal about wanting to stay a spur and spur for life and he's got cool merchandise and such and um, he's gone out of his way to sign things for players. Like, again, just a guy that's overall um, likable. You know, he has a great attitude towards fans for the most part. and. He's put up, you know, decent numbers. Um, You know, he's a good player. He's not a crappy player by any stretch of the imagination. But I think you just have some of those fans that look at him for the things he does off the court and then see that he puts up decent numbers. And I think folks probably tend to overhype him a little. And then you've got that other segment where they say, you know what? he's blocking people on Instagram, you know, this guy can't take criticism, he's all talk, he, you know, tries to act like he's a leader, but you know, it's more of a, you know, show me what you got as opposed to just, you know, like a whole talk is cheap sort of mantra. And, um, you know, I, I think folks, especially with this whole Ben Simmons thing, they're probably saying, hey, man, we have a chance to go out and get an all star. Well, gladly, get rid of Murray because, well, it's Ben Simmons. We got an all-star over there that's young and blah, blah, blah. And it just seems like, I feel like, and I can only imagine what's going on in Twitter with that discussion, but, um, it, you know, fans just, they either expect way too much of the guy, you know, and not just taking him at face value. And then you got the other group where, they, they believe that he's going to get better instead of taking it at face value. So it all comes down to face value, Jeff. I think with DeJounte Murray, in my humble opinion, take him at face value. He's a solid player. He plays solid defense. Um, he can get to an occasional triple-double. It's never going to be an exciting triple-double like, you know, 25, 15, and, and 12. It'll be like 12, 10, and 11. It'll be a modest triple-double, which, hey, that's cool. Um, so I think the thing with him is folks just need to pump the brakes, whether you love him or hate him, take him at face value, and hope for the best. I mean, I think at the end of the day, Jeff, any player on the Spurs, whether you love them or you hate them, and I don't mean hate personally, you just don't really like their style of ball, um, you don't want to see them fail anybody wearing the silver and black, you want to see them succeed because if they succeed, the team succeeds. And as fans, we ultimately want to see our team succeed. So, I mean, I know that's kind of a, an extended take, but I mean, those are my thoughts on that. It just
0: baffles me because I thought he played pretty good last season. I thought, you know, that, he turned those Spurs fans that still had doubts about him uh, onto his side and at least on the court. Now what he does off the court with his social media, that's his thing, but at least on the court, it should have been enough to, you know, have a lot of Spurs fans say, you know what? He's actually not bad. And look what what happens when he's getting the time he's producing. Now you see him this off season rallying the troops. I mean, I mean, remember that, uh, that message he put out about saying that it's, their time to shine or, or something along those lines of, you know, it's their time basically that young guys, you saw Vassell and Eubanks and, and, and Trey Jones chime in like, yeah, it is. Don't you think that is a sign of leadership right there? Or is it, do you think Spurs might just see that as
1: nothing? I think, I mean, it depends on who you ask. You're going to see some folks that are probably saying, Hey, that's, that's a leader looking at me. you said it Rally the troops whereas you're going to have others that just look at it as lip service and say, okay, DeJounte, that's cool that you said that, but I don't really care what you say. I want to see results on the court. So, you know, guys like DeJounte Murray, um, they need to come out with a chip on their shoulder and and prove um, the haters and the doubters wrong. I, I mean, like I said before, Jeff, you, you know that Uh, Back when I was on Twitter, I always gave shit to Luka Samanich. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, nothing would make me happier than to see him come out and make me eat crow. I would love to see that kid come out uh, and be an excellent player. Um, And I think anybody that may feel the same way about him, like just really doubt the guy and don't think he can bring much to the table, would be more than happy to eat crow and say, hey, I'm glad I was wrong. I hope the kid ends up being something great. But, um, again, it's more about what people do on the court. And I think as long as guys like DeJounte Murray, Luca, these young guys, et cetera, they go out, show stuff on the court, then you're going to have more people jump in their corners. But right now, uh, the jury's still out.
0: So what is it going to take for Spurs fans, at least those that are still doubting him, uh, you know, for them to uh, change their minds and be pro-Murray?
1: I, I think he's just got to have, um, he's got to improve upon last season. I think if you um, look at his statistics from last season and just, you want to see improvement, um, not necessarily points per game. I mean, obviously points per game is the one stat that everybody looks at first. Um, But if you just want to look at, you know, three-point shooting percentage. Perhaps if he uh, improves from downtown, uh, maybe improves on some of his assists, uh, I- improves his defense. Just you know, even some of the things that aren't necessarily um, shown in the box score. But as long as there's just some sort of uh, recognizable, recognizable, excuse me, recognizable improvement, um, where he's just going to show us that he's going to get better and better. I think that'll that'll put some people, um, uh, you know, in, in a spot where they can take him more at face value and appreciate what he does. But again, the issue is Jeff. You're always going to have those people that think he's going to be, you know, the next Tony Parker type of player, and then you have others that are always going to want something better. I mean, you remember Avery Johnson? He was mm-hmm. a good player, but I mean, let's be honest. He was never anything where he was sought after by other teams where it's like, oh, my God, Avery Johnson, we need to have this guy. He was just a good player. I mean, I'm sure if there was an opportunity to upgrade pop Bob Hill, one of those guys probably would have done it. I mean, hell, we had Rod Strickland, and if not for that mm-hmm. silly pass, who knows, Rod Strickland may have stuck around longer. Um, so, again, it's one of those things to where I think Ultimately, if he shows us that he's irreplaceable to an extent, that will quiet a lot of the haters and the doubters. Because right now, I'm not trying to say I'm siding with haters and doubters. If if Ben Simmons became available and it was just Dejounte Murray and a couple of picks to get Ben Simmons, I don't think twice about it. And that's not a knock at Dejounte Murray. I I think Ben Simmons would. Make make a big difference on this team, so I think you're going to have folks that just want to see improvement and um, put himself in the conversation of a uh, as close to untouchable as possible.
0: Right. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season and seasons for the Spurs as the rebuild is officially here. This is it. You know, I mean, Zach, when when they when they didn't even at least reportedly nothing came out about them even attempting to resign Patty. That should tell you the mentality of where the team wants to go. They're done. You know, they are time to hit the reset button and that's huge. And I think that's getting lost in, in this off season was not even Patty, you know, stuck around. So yeah, it's going to be some lean times for the Spurs.
1: Do you think they'll surprise people next season? Maybe. Um, I hope they do. Again, as as a fan, you never want to openly root for your team to lose. But ultimately, um, you know, one of my favorite sayings of all time is, you know, if the juice is worth the squeeze, mm-hmm. um, always got to ask yourself in any decision you make in life if the juice will be worth the squeeze. So um, if the juice ends up being... Um, not O.J. Simpson, but he ends up being <laughs> a top five Are, are you player. wearing your jersey, your O.J. jersey right now? I should be wearing an O.J. jersey. I should really buy one of those. That would be fun. Because <laughs> um, you've been uh, a big fan of him.
0: You've, you've been telling me that for years now, how much of a fan of uh, O.J. Simpsons you are.
1: I mean, listen, he was great in the Naked Gun. Um, That's why you really like you him. You know, as, as Nordberg. I mean, that was my introduction to him when I was a kid. And, um, you know, he's the only... NFL running back in NFL history to rush for 2,000 yards in a 14-game season. I mean, he, the guy's has, has some amazing accolades, and he was proven innocent in a court of law. So I don't want to hear any hate. But point All is, right. where I was getting with it, Jeff, is if the if the juice ends up being a top five pick, then it will have been worth the squeeze. And if the Spurs end up shocking the world, and some of these young guys turn into all stars, we're going to have a lot to be excited about.
0: So, before we put a wrap on this episode of Locked On Spurs with Zach Escamilla, we got a few minutes before the the clock winds down. But wow, I don't know if you saw this, but former Spurs head coach Bob Hill spoke about what it was like coaching Dennis Rodman in San Antonio back in the late nineties. Uh, a couple of things that stood out to me in his uh, chat. Uh, with uh, Let me get the uh, name of the place here, the Whistle Stop podcast, was that David and Rodman actually were okay with one another, despite their big differences. And Bob Hill credited Rodman for pushing Robinson to get that 95 MVP. When you look back at Rodman's time in San Antonio, it was short, but what do you remember about it?
1: I remember I had his jersey when I was a kid, and I really wish I would have kept it. Um, he was my favorite player next to David Robinson. I mean, David Robinson, I think, was everybody's favorite player. But mm-hmm. outside of David Robinson, Rodman was, you know, my favorite. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, it looking Traded back Traded for at Will Purdue. To me, I don't understand that. I will never, never understand that trade other than they just wanted to get him the heck off the team, which is, is unfortunate. Probably what it was, but, yeah. But, you know, yeah, because, I mean, come on. If I, I really think Pop being the GM at that point probably just said, okay, I've had enough. I'm just going to take any offer. Um, all right, let's get a backup big to David Robinson, I guess, was the the train of thought. But uh, getting back to Rodman uh, on his time with the Spurs, hell, I remember when Madonna was at the game. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in the Alamo Dome and they'd show her up on the Jumbotron. Um, But, you know, he was just a phenomenal rebounder. I mean, yeah, he he never really did anything, you know, offensively. But, you know, that Marvel series, what if, you know, they're Mm -hmm. showing us all those what ifs right now, Jeff. I always wonder, what if the Spurs didn't trade Rodman? What if they kept him and Rodman, excuse me, David Robinson and Sean Elliott still had their injuries, and they didn't trade Rodman and still got to draft Duncan number one overall. What would that team have looked like with Tim Duncan, that, David Robinson, and Dennis Rodman?
0: That would have been pretty fun thing to watch. Interesting, though, you mentioned about his offense. Uh, in the interview, uh, Hill did reveal that – In practice, Rodman was knocking down free throws more so than he did in games. Remember, Rodman was notorious for missing free throws. And um, uh, he said he had an idea uh, that he approached Rodman and said, hey, Dennis, you're pretty good at the free throw line here. And that makes me think next time in game you get a free throw uh, rebound. I want you to lead the uh, fast break. And then uh, Hill talked about how uh, from that moment on in that season, I forget what season it was in, but the Spurs uh, fast break offense, it increased tremendously and and Rodden started to score a little bit more. So, uh, and, and he almost retired to Spur. Interesting enough. He almost retired to Spur because he wanted to quit on San Antonio and was going to opt for the retirement route. So Bob Hill, uh, you know, uh, got him off that ledge. And, that's a, that's another what-if
1: scenario yeah. there, Jeff. What 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 if Bob Hill told Dennis Rodman to retire? Would the Bulls have gone on to win?
0: Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a great it's a great ripple effect. The multiverse is in full effect right here. On, on Spurs. <laughs> hey, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. What do you think about the uh, Spurs process? Are you a Spurs fan that trusts or distrusts the Spurs process as they uh, begin their rebuild this upcoming season? And what about DeJounte Murray? Do you have a explanation why some, not all, but some fans still doubt him as a player? Uh, subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Google Play, the new Odyssey app. Tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Spurs. Zach, thank you for uh, hopping on this episode of Locked On Spurs to rep the fan base. And um, maybe you can find that Rodman jersey.
1: Oh, man, I'll, I'll have to look for it. I, I searched
0: on eBay and they're not cheap, man. Oh, no. they're. Oh what, a Spurs Rodman jersey or just a Rodman
1: jersey in general? The Spurs Rodman jerseys. I was seeing oh, them on eBay, like going for like 200 bucks and up for Eesh. like a, a ratted out one, too, not even pristine. I'll probably have to go to the, you know, your old neck of the woods on the south side of Traders Village or something Hell, to find one. Yeah, on i go there. <laughs> no, you'll definitely find one. It may
0: not hold up in the first wash, but... Uh, You'll definitely have a Rodman jersey. All right. Well, for Zach Escamilla, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs.